This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We're going to finish uh, this show following up the Victoria Whiskey Festival with one interview that I realized that I had missed. Wildlife Distillery in Canmore, Alberta. They won uh, gold for Wildlife Rye Whiskey, also gold for their wheat whiskey. But they have released the Wildlife Single Malt Whiskey, their very first release, Batch 001. They are two partners in Canmore, Keith Robinson and Matt Widmer. And it's Matt who's going to be stepping in front of the microphone and telling us about Wildlife Whiskey in Canmore. They got it right. And we're going to follow up with uh, three releases from Township 7, almost in time for Valentine's Day. Actually, they s- sent out this press release for Valentine's Day. But uh, it's a Wednesday. We don't publish on Wednesday. We publish on Friday. So, still, romance is in the air. And I believe, like myself, that because Valentine's Day fell on a Wednesday, I decided to shift it to the weekend. Make it a little more a little more time for each other. Our guest once again is Mary McDermott, winemaker, Township 7. We'll be uh, talking about their Seven Stars Rigel 2021, the uh, 2020 Seven Stars Polaris, both huge award winners, and a Benchmark Series Pinot Noir 2022. And get caught up with Township 7. That's the show. And by the way, we are heading for the Vancouver Wine Festival, and we're just gearing up now all the details. When we know what we're doing, we'll let you know. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Vancouver Wine Festival. The wine world is coming to Vancouver February 24th through March 3. 147 wineries from 12 countries, including 71 wineries from the theme country, Italy, They participate in 42 events over eight days. Taste the World, the International Festival Tastings, February 29 through March 2nd, featuring 800 wines, tasting stations, and small bites. Tickets still available for select tastings, minglers, and seminars at vanwinefest.ca. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. And as usual, as with all things in the calendar year, Christmas, New Year's, whatever, Sometimes I never get there fast enough. For example, it's uh, Wednesday the 14th, Valentine's Day, and I'm talking about Valentine's Wines with Mary McDermott, the winemaker at Township 7, where I would save my Wednesday for Saturday, Sunday. I would take my Valentine's and move it to the weekend and have the meal that you intended to have and maybe the bubble you intended to have because it is a movable feast. It's not Christmas, it's Valentine's Day. But yeah. yeah, right. If I can, I'd like to start by talking about the uh, Seven Stars Rigel 2021 and the uh, Polaris uh, 2020, both big time winners. If I can, I'd like to start by talking about the uh, Seven Stars Rigel. Won the best Canadian sparkling wine at the uh, World Champagne and Sparkling Wine Championship last year. It was the previous vintage, but the wines are very similar. I was so. going to ask you about that. I mean, we know that wines change. We know that pretty much everything changes with the seasons. How much do they change and how much can you balance that off? Try really hard with the sparklings to keep a house style, which has always been kind of the the goal of most sparkling houses. And uh, uh, because the parameters of picking with the way we pick sparkling are similar each year, there can be some kind of differences. And Obviously, when we finish the bottle with the dosage, we always do those trials. 
but we always go back to what was the previous vintage and try to make it as similar as possible as you can with a different vintage. But it's very similar, uh, nice acidity, uh, very varietal in character, so nice creamy mousse. We do similar kind of processes with it to try and get the same end result. Is that something you do for you or you do for us? Because that's what we expect. What do you think? I think the house style is for the customers. They've come to expect this certain yeah. type of wine in this certain way. And so, you know, we always experiment for ourselves to see, but mostly that's why. There's a nice minerality to it. It's traditional method, of course. Mm-hmm. And Riesling has that minerality. And, and can have you have library of, of this this particular bubble? Yeah, we normally keep back wines just to see how they're going to age. And? Um, I think it does develop a little bit of that. Not as quickly as in a still or table wine, but it does develop a little bit of that petrol character as it's uh, aged a bit more. Um, but certainly not as quickly. And I think that's just about what's happening as the grapes are continue to hang on the vine for table wine and uh, the additional sun and ripening and so on is okay. what makes it happen more a, quickly in a still Mary, wine than a sparkling wine, those attributes Mary, Mary, that work. There's a nice lemony quickness on the tongue. I just, oh my God, it's such a surprise. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice, interesting wine for sure. And lots of people in the world make sparkling Riesling, so it's not unusual. But uh, I think it goes, it makes a really good sparkling wine just because of the natural acidity of those grapes. I think, I think, just me, it's that Fool's Gold Vineyard that's, that's the key here. That's the key. I mean, it's Mark Antonello. Yeah. And and Richard Cleave uh, pl- planted those vines. Yes, his father-in-law. He is the guy. He's the guy. He's the man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Somebody has to be. most of that area. Yep. yep. And, and was doing it well before most of the people in the business even thought about being in the business. He yeah. was already planting. Um, exactly. He and Harry. Pioneer. Yeah. And so that's, that's a gold mine. It is. Well, and Mark is a carried on the legacy and is lovely to work with and really wants to just uh, give us the best thing that he can possibly give us and always asking what we want and that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a great partnership. Any winter damage there? Uh, yes. Wow. Not sure how that's going to go down, but it's pretty bad. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure you've seen some of those reports. Yeah, by Al and so yeah. on about how bad it really is. Well, we know the buds got roughed up. The decision is still, or the jury is still out on on the vines themselves and the roots and how how they sustained. Yeah, yeah, I think things that probably had a tough time last year, like Syrah, uh probably will have a, a much worse time this year. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We have to do that. But when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Seven Stars Polaris 2020 and the Benchmark Series Pinot Noir 2022. Right after this, Mary McDermott, the winemaker at Township 7, is my guest on Tasting Room Radio. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Vancouver Wine Festival. 
The Wine World is coming to Vancouver February 24 through March 3. 147 wineries from 12 countries, including 71 wineries from the theme country, Italy. They participate in 42 events over eight days. Taste the World, the International Festival Tastings, February 29 through March 2nd, featuring 800 wines, tasting stations, and small bites. Tickets still available for select tastings, minglers, and seminars at vanwinefest.ca. The segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. It's that time of year when the reds start to show. The 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The 2018 Hidden Valley Vineyard Mellow. The 2016 Dickinson Vineyard Mellow. The 2020 Pinot Noir. The 2020 Merlot. And the 2019 Syrah, given 92 points by Dr. Jamie Good. The highlight, of course, is the 2016 Mosaic. 95 points awarded by John Schreiner. Even though the Bistro is closed for the season, the wine shop and tastings are open daily, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find all the details at hillsidewinery.ca. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yes, I know. It's well after the fact it was Wednesday, but that's the day that we're talking is Valentine's Day. This is my gift to Mary, and Mary's my gift to me. There you go. In a nutshell, Mary McDermott, winemaker, Township 7. We talked about the Seven Stars Rigel 2021, big winner. Also, a huge winner of the Lieutenant Governor Awards uh, as well for the Seven Stars Polaris 2020. And this is um, Method Champenois. It's beautiful. It is very grown up. Uh, and it is a, it, it's a, it's a gem. Where, what do you start with? What's your, where's your vineyard? Uh, we have uh, two. We have our Naramata Bench Vineyard. So our estate vineyard uh, supplies some of the grapes. So that gives a nice acidity, a kind of a Granny Smith apple to the juice. And then the other one is um, at uh, Hidden Terrace, which is up on um, where um, Covert Farms is. So it's in uh, Oliver. So it's at height, but uh, tends to get a little bit richer in flavor, the, the Chardonnay grapes that we get from there. Even though the acidity and the sugars are still down, there tends to be a little bit more of uh, tannin ripeness or phenolic ripeness in those grapes. So nice combination of blends those two. We know we're going to get a little bit of lemon and citrus. We know we're going to get um, brioche notes. What yeah. else What else is there that is a surprise? I think it's the texture of the wine yeah. that is really what makes Most it. Feel, so yes. worked really hard on uh, figuring out how to make that mousse or the bubbles small and creamy because I think that's a really important aspect of when you're having sparkling wine obviously those bubbles they lift flavors like acidity and so on when they're in your mouth so uh they're helpful but it's uh, i really concentrate on the texture in these wines now you have to ask yourself you know it's valentine's day two people potentially falling in love over a table with a freshly poured glass of uh, township seven polaris in their hands neither one of them are thinking about minerality no <laughs> <laughs> It's like the bubbles. <laughs> it's the bubbles. It's the creaminess. Yeah. It's the fact that it's Chardonnay with, with no oak, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. It's just so grown up and stunning and complete. That's what I wrote down. It's complete. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it develops um, because we're now aging it slightly longer than we used to in the beginning. Uh, it's now 
20 months on leaves and then we leave it for an extra year in bottle so it really helps it come around by the time it's released which it just was uh the beginning of the month so um it's kind of nice to see that happening and then see the development as even as it ages after that but that with that ability to be able to hold it back a little bit longer we're really showcasing it at a better point when it comes out you know, I love the apple, the peach. I love all of the the uh, citrus notes, but I'm crazy for the Granny Smith. I just it's got lots in that one for sure. Yeah, I like the Granny Smith too, but there's so many things going on in it that it's you can get a, a million different things out of it, and uh, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of wine, right? Everyone sees something different. They never want to tell you that that's not in there because okay. if you see it, then it's there for you. And if you're enjoying it, that's the end goal. Uh, I'm neglected to give the price points because people always want that. So the price points on the seven stars, Regal? Uh, thirty-six ninety-seven. And I think it's the same. No, it's thirty-nine ninety-seven. Thirty-nine ninety-seven. The twenty twenty-seven stars Polaris. Okay. Yeah. Mary McDermott, the winemaker at Township Seven, is my guest on Tasting Room Radio. Where did the uh, Pinot Noir come from? Pinot Noir comes from Okanagan Falls. Yep. And a longtime grower uh, that's there, uh, the vineyard's called Bermuda, and it's owned by uh, Dwight and Arnie Gash, uh, an older couple. He's an ex-RCMP officer. He actually ran the detachment here in Penticton for a while. So uh, he's got lots of interesting stories to tell, but they, uh, they've been taking care of this property for quite some time. And uh, we, were, we used to get just Merlot for them, from them and then we were lucky enough that they decided they wanted to just sell us all their fruit so uh that's been a happy coincidence since then that we have all these things coming together 2022 is a pretty big year too so the the wine tends to be a little bit more delicate we've had some of it we fermented in our concrete eggs Explain to folks the properties that an egg, concrete egg, gives to wine. Well, basically, it's very similar to uh, fermenting in a large format oak. Yeah, uh, You get all that kind of oxygen uh, mix with the wine. We call the ingress in the wine, even though it's not coming from the outside, sure. oxygen ingress. And uh, it gives a certain minerality and... It gives it a little bit more roundness too. There's certainly different textures you can take out of it, but you don't get that oak aroma or flavor in it. So it's it makes it interesting. You get many of the same components, just not that flavor. What clones are we talking about? Um, there's two six six seven and one one five. So both from Burgundy clones that are really well known. Made separately and then blended at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because we like to see what's happening. And the grower, he's often interested in coming in and seeing what they look like separately. Some years we don't have enough to do it separately, but we had lots of grapes in 2022. Wonderful notes of uh, ripe, bright fruit, really ripe, and raspberries and, and some blackberry note, coloring, as a matter of fact, as well. Some of the, it's, a, it's a wonderful deep pinot. That's what I love. Yeah, that that region really manages to make some great Pinot Noir. People, there are a lot of people growing it in that little area, and it seems to produce some of the best in the 
in the valley. Um, it's also uh, not overpowering like a big penal. You might expect a big New World penal to be. So it, it's kind of got some nuances of old world in it, which I think is my it's, preference. It's the, sure. bench, it's the Benchmark Series Pinot Noir 2022. Uh, how many benchmarks are there? Uh, four, five, five, six. Well, and the reds. Yep. And then we have some in the whites to anything that's our reserve. Or we have about eight in the whites, I would guess. How did did the Gashes uh, Vineyard uh, survive that cold snap? Uh, They had some issues last year. And I haven't really had the opportunity to... I've talked to uh, Stefan, who manages the vineyard for them. It's very similar. What's the price point point on your Pinot? $41.97. Okay. All right. Why is it? Because it's distinctive. It's singular. You're not going to find anything like this anywhere else in in Canada, frankly. It's quite remarkable. Um, What are you bottling? Uh, For the first round, we usually bottle our aromatic whites. So Riesling, Viognier, Seven Blanc, all of those, as well as the Unoaked or just a Chardonnay. And then um, the second round of bottling is the Provenance series red, so Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, the bubble program's going well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. We've got this really nice Seven Stars Club, which we send out twice a year. And, and uh, we've been getting lots of recognition for the bubbles lately, which is certainly helpful. And, you know, that's the, on the upward trend of, in wine. Are you on the shelves in Alberta? Did you get a note? Did the winery get a note? From the Alberta government? We have shipped to Alberta because our uh, wholesale people are based in Alberta. Yep. So we will not be shipping to the okay. shelves of Alberta AFGC. Okay. Thank you. All right, then. Um, uh, this is your Valentine's conversation. That's, that's the best I can do. I can't buy you dinner. I don't have any flowers. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's it. Chocolates. Uh, thank you, Mary. I appreciate it very much. Very much. It's all good. It's all good. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat. I hope to see you in person up there shortly. Thank you. Yes. Nice. Happy Valentine's Day, Mary. Happy Valentine's to you, too. Mary McDermott, Township 7. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. It's that time of year when the reds start to show. The 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The 2018 Hidden Valley Vineyard Mellow, the 2016 Dickinson Vineyard Mellow, the 2020 Pinot Noir, the 2020 Merlot, and the 2019 Syrah, given 92 points by Dr. Jamie Good. The highlight, of course, is the 2016 Mosaic, 95 points awarded by John Schreiner. Even though the Bistro is closed for the season, the wine shop and tastings are open daily, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find all the details at hillsidewinery.ca. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in West Kelowna. February seems to be whimpering over in the corner, calling for red wines. How about Blau Frankisch? The Black and Blue Modest Wines, Original Vine Series Cabernet Sauvignon 2020. The 2022 Pinot Noir. The Original Vines PTG. Check out the Bajove Sangiovese. 
the Contessa, of course, Reserve Pinot Noir, the 2021 Syrah, the 2020 Reserve Syrah, the Reserve Malbec 2019, and the original vines Cab Franc Merlot. All the details on those and the rest of the wines at mountboucherie.com. Terry David Mulligan, this is Tasting Room Radio. As a follow-up, I know it's Tasting Room Radio and always has been a food and wine show, primarily wine, but I have been uh, talking myself into stepping into the whiskey world simply because it's so interesting. Same thing with craft beer, same thing with cider, cider makers. I want to know what's going on and what's making all the noise, the whiskey people especially. And I have just come back from the Canadian Whiskey Awards in Victoria, and one of the names that popped up for me was Wildlife. And I wanted to know, who's Wildlife? Oh, they're Canmore. Ah, right underneath my nose, so to speak. And I don't know enough about them. Um, and I have uh, Matthew Widmer, who's the uh, co-founder of Wildlife Distillery uh, in Canmore. Um, were you at, hello, uh, Matthew. Nice to see you. Good morning. Yeah, how are you? Good. Uh, now, um, were you at the uh, Whiskey Awards in Victoria? We were not, unfortunately. We managed to get products there this year, which was exciting for us, but uh, physical attendance, we'll have to wait till next year. Had you been there before? I haven't been to that one, primarily due to the fact that we hadn't released any whiskeys prior to last fall. I just thought you um, might do it. I thought you might go in and do a taste around. Yeah. See what the yeah, competition was it's doing. It's been on my been on my radar for sure. I've been following it from afar and been a fan of it, but haven't made it there yet. So I definitely will try for next year. Did you see who won? I did see, yeah. I well, there was a few. Yeah, there was no, a bunch no, of No, no, but I mean... But, the, but the, the, the big one was, was The Paradigm, grand right? prize winner of the Whiskey of the Year, uh, Paradigm, in uh, the whiskey capital of Canada, London, Ontario, in the Kellogg's yeah. building. The Kellogg's went, went, moved away from the, their building and everybody moved in with businesses. And uh, yeah. two ladies who uh, literally were just starting their whiskey career, but they bought 18-year-old uh, barrels with whiskey. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then held on to it for a year. Did their they did they they want, did some wonderful masterful blending, and ended mm-hmm. up winning the whole thing. So anything's possible. Totally, yeah. It's pretty pretty cool to see. We yeah we that's one route you can take for sure. There's a there's a wide wide world of blending in barrels that exist out there. Um, here we chose to kind of do it from scratch ourselves and wait the the hard years to to get a product out that we could stand on our own. Um, but you, yeah, it's, you, it's you awesome are right about the hard. You're absolutely right about the hard years. When, but just for a second, uh, you uh, you opened for business in 2017, but you you met each other, you and your partner, um, mm-hmm. uh, three year, four years previously. What were you doing? Were you working together? What were you doing? Uh, it goes, yeah, it goes back quite a bit further than that. He was a, a family friend. Keith grew up in Canmore, so Keith Robinson is my business partner. Uh, he grew up in Canmore, and I was over in Banff. And just through the small connections of the Bow Valley, our families were both into cross-country ski racing, um, which some of my siblings did at a, a high level. And uh, Keith's, Keith's family was into that too. So we were we were ski friends, and then high school sports, and kind of solidified our friendship in university out in the, in Victoria. So yeah, I, I had known Keith for probably fifteen years prior to what were you taking? What, what, what were you him. taking in university? I did kinesiology. So kinesiology. Pretty, uh, yeah, I learned how to take care of the body, and then I decided to get into whiskey to learn how to. You you, you decided to to work on those muscles from the inside. 
That's right. Thank yeah. you. Now, I, now at least I know what the alcohol does within the body. So that was important. <laughs> okay. I have, by the way, um, I have in my hand the single malt, your mm -hmm. first single malt. And, um, awesome. And we'll talk about this. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a very handsome thing. Although it doesn't say batch 001 on it. You decided not to put a batch number on it, at least this one. Does it on the side? That might have been an early... Uh, 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 oh, you're absolutely right. That's where my thumb was. Batch <laughs> yeah. 001. Um, yeah. With the batch numbers, we're trying to... This, the first releases, we'll all get that batch 001 sticker. Uh, being a smaller producer, there'll be inevitable variability from batch to batch, but we'll try and kind of keep wildlife five-year single malt somewhat consistent over the years. So, you, uh, just to go back a half a step, you... You didn't go to the Whiskey Awards in Victoria, but you did win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was our first entry into that competition. I think we had asked them two years gold. prior. Yeah. Two gold. Two gold. Yeah, yeah. Did, so we, did, those were the only whiskeys we sent. The wheat and the rye. The single malt wasn't bottled at that point when they yeah. were taking submissions. Uh, so unfortunately, we couldn't enter that one, but that'll be in there next year. So, um, the, yeah, so wild, our, our wheat, just for the record, the wildlife rye whiskey won gold and the wildlife wheat whiskey won gold. Uh, listen, if you can't win the whole thing as a distillery, you would like to win gold and get up and work up that ladder. So this new mm -hmm. release is, is the one I have in my hand. Um, the, mm -hmm. uh, the rye and the wheat are, are doing well. Uh, you intend to, to carry, carry on down that road? Yeah, definitely. The yeah, I mean, starting up and being a smaller producer, you kind of have a, a vision for where you want whiskey to be and go in the future. But the the reality of producing barrels three, four, five years out and forecasting sales and hopeful success uh, comes with some constraints. Just being a, a smaller producer, um, but so the the core, the wheat, the rye, now the single malt will kind of be our core three lineup that we'll keep. Uh, and we do have a, a substantial warehouse of barrels behind these releases. And so they'll they'll be released annually at the very least. Um, so depending on production and basically now we're able to start laying some more significant quantities for the future. Uh, we, we recently expanded into a larger facility in Canmore uh, where we can do some work to put away some some solid numbers for the future. Um, but yeah, those those two awards at the whiskey whiskey festival were were awesome. It was kind of a a solidification in our own brains of okay, we're making some good stuff here, and the the judges and the whiskey connoisseurs over the world agree. Um, so yeah, that was that was really cool to see, and we've been following and yeah, trying to get our hands on as many of the the category uh, participants and other distillers around the province and country that we can. Um, and it's a it's an awesome event, and it's a exciting time in Canada, I think, to be drinking whiskey based on the the sheer number of because we're we're part of a large group of distillers who now have a lot of whiskey coming of age where three, four, five years ago, there was only a hand few that yeah. had started earlier that had, had product to market. Um, so I think it'll just be a growing thing where you'll see a lot of interesting and innovative and fun Canadian grain based whiskeys being released to the market. So, yeah. Would you, would you um, uh, did you consider uh, uh, basing the distillery in Banff until they told you it's a park and you can't do that? We did, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so Park Distillery is there now, um, but before there was Park, there was Matt Widmer talking to the the municipality about that, and yeah, I got the I got the red light on 
that you could do that in the national park. Well, so you we, don't. We moved to Camor, but you're not you're not losing much in Camor, certainly because you have those. You're sharing the same mountains, just the other side of those same mountains. Uh, but but mm-hmm. water, you mm-hmm. have access to water, mountain water. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, we're fortunate here. The Canmore water source is an aquifer. It's underground. Um, yeah, and it's all fed from the mountains. And it's we did a bunch of testing when we started out just to ensure the chemistry was where we needed it to be. And it's it's great. We're we're super fortunate to have the water source that we do. And the and also the important thing is that you're sourcing from you're doing local sourcing. You're not. You're, mm-hmm. you're, in, in some cases, you're probably even growing your own wheat. We or, are. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We're fortunate. I think location-wise, we're kind of in the sweet spot where the water is from the mountains, the grains from the prairies, and we have access to both of those landscapes. Um, so yeah, our, our wheat is grown by a family farm just outside of Calgary. So all the wheat that's going into our vodka, gin, and some of our whiskey uh, is grown locally. And then the the malted barley, which we would have used for that single malt that you have in your hands, yep. is also grown within the province. So we're, we're in a really great place geographically for distillery with uh yeah agriculture close by water at the doorstep and that's just <laughs> and a pretty view to look at as well that's fantastic yeah it's fantastic yeah the bow valley and it was i mean because keith and i were grew up in the area and the distillery was how do we do something close to home that's that's unique and different and fun and also not doesn't really have a a time cap on it where you know, these whiskeys that we're laying down today, they're going to evolve for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And we'll get to sit there and enjoy that process as it unfolds. Are you still making rhubarb gin? We sure are. Yeah. Are yeah. Still, I mean, are, the are, vodka and the gins were a way to basically you're financing your whiskey program, right? Oh, absolutely. Totally. You, you, got, you got to lay it down. You can't be selling it. And uh, so you yeah. have to pay the bills somewhere else, as you well know. As your, par- as your partner will remind you, um, yeah. you're making your own tonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we expanded into tonic and some cocktail bitters and syrups kind of in the early years. It was a way of getting our products into, it was mostly for the tasting room initially. We're a small tasting room in Camar where we kind of have an innovative cocktail program and we were creating syrups on the bar uh, for our own beverages in-house. And we just kept having customers come in and ask this stuff's amazing. How can I bring this home? So we decided to do it commercially. And yeah, so we do a tonic syrup, a mule syrup, which is ginger lime. Yeah, I want to ask well. you about the Amaro that you're making. Uh, what's in it? The Amaro is, let's yeah, get your pen out. It's a long list of ingredients. It's basically, you can think about it in three. There's kind of three parts to Amaro. There's what makes it bitter, what makes it flavor, flavorful, and then what makes it sweet. Um, so for I, us, the bittering agents are gentian, sarsaparilla, um, wormwoods in there. The flavoring agents would be citrus, lemon, blood orange, vanilla, peppercorn, cacao, espresso, mint. <laughs> There's actually a bit of rhubarb in there. Let, let's take a break, because when we come back, we'll talk about this uh, this new release of yours that I'm sure you're excited about and you would want okay. people to know about. Definitely. All right. He is Matt Widmer, and uh, we're talking uh, wildlife in Canmore and the single release, first time out. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This is Tasting Room Radio. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in West Kelowna. February seems to be whimpering over in the corner, calling for red wines. How about Blau Frankisch? The black and blue modest wines, 
Original Vine Series Cabernet Sauvignon 2020, the 2022 Pinot Noir, the Original Vines PTG, check out the Bajove Sangiovese, the Contessa, of course, Reserve Pinot Noir, the 2021 Syrah, the 2020 Reserve Syrah, the Reserve Malbec 2019, and the Original Vines Cab Franc Merlot. All the details on those and the rest of the wines at mountboucherie.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. These are just some of the events ahead. And February the 22nd, it's the Aging Gracefully Vertical Series at Ex Nihilo or at Township 7. Indulge your senses while you leap into your cellars. Embrace the rare occurrence of the leap year as they uncork vintage library wines. Find all of the details at thewinefestivals.com. We're going back to Canmore. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This is Tasting Room Radio. We're talking whiskey, friends. Yes, still whiskey. And I have uh, Matthew Widmer, who's the uh, co-founder of uh, Wildlife Distillery uh, in Canmore. Um, I, I wish I actually saw, Matt, a, a shot of your distillery from the inside. I think it was your Christmas card. Mm-hmm. That is a big-ass kettle. How big is that? <laughs> That's 4,000 liters is our pot still. Yeah, so that was a recent expansion. Last year, we were able to get into a new building in Canmore and... Uh, expand a production facility so we, the whiskey that you have there was distilled on a 500 liter pot still an alembic style sure um copper pot and now the new system is it's 4,000 liters so it's kind of a hybrid pot with a couple columns where we can either run just the pot for whiskey or run through the columns for for neutral spirit um but yeah it's been it's been running super smooth and the products that are flowing off of the still are tasting amazing so no complaints on the expansion. So how long did it take? Was it five years for wildlife single malt whiskey? It was five years in the barrel minimum. Yep. yep. Um, we've, it was two years prior before we basically could get up funding and um, storage and production to, to produce that whiskey. So it was, yeah, it was more like seven years in the making, but the actual spirit was, was five. Mash bill was hundred percent barley. Yep, yep, 100% malted barley. So it's two-row barley that's grown here within Alberta. And then it was mill mash ferment distilled here in Canmore. Using a, that process for that whiskey was traditional kind of Scottish style. So we traveled to Scotland when we were setting this all up to learn from the Scots as the, the masters of the, the world of single malt. Um, and so it was a mash lauder ton where we separate the grain from the wort during yep. the brewing process. And then it was off-grain fermentation, off-grain distillation. And then the barrel maturation was in primarily 200 liter or 53 gallon ex-bourbon barrels. And a, a couple couple barrels of new oak. So, Are you mm-hmm. are you doing uh, uh, mezcal? What, what, what are you looking for? Depending on the style of whiskey. So with the wheat and the rye, we lean a little more towards new oak. With the single malts, we lean a little more towards ex-bourbon. Yeah, uh, to kind of let the grain do a bit more talking on the single malt, uh, and with the specialty barrels, those could range from a BC export barrel to we have some Spanish sherry at the warehouse right now. Uh, we have some X Amaro casks. We have X heated single malt maple syrup barrels, um, and now yeah, mezcal is probably something we'll start doing soon, um, just with how. How fun and exciting that category is! You doing any? Not, uh, not 
not producing it, but using the barrels sure. for, for finishing whiskey. Are you doing any partnerships with wineries and, and their barrels? Not yet. Okay. That's definitely the future. Um, yeah, the BC wine industry is at the doorstep and we'll definitely be doing a little wine trip to the Okanagan to see if we can form some relationships there. Um, but we don't, we only, we have a couple of those currently, but it'll be kind of once we scale single malt production. And it's also like, you don't necessarily need those finishing barrels till you have whiskey that's ready to finish. Yeah. So we'll do the bulk of the aging in ex bourbon or the new oak and then six to 10 months in a, in a finishing cast, depending on the style. I wonder, I wonder if you along the way think about what, what the person walking into your tasting room, into the bar, mm -hmm. do they care one whit about how that whiskey got made? Are there sort of 50, 50, 60, 40? Uh, and does it matter that they need to, that they know all about the mash and how it got blended? They just want to know why it tastes as good as it does? That's a good question. I think, uh, I think the whiskey world in particular is one world where they do care. I think you could argue that maybe there's other spirits or categories out there where there's it's less important about the whole process and attention to detail and more so yeah, yeah. just tell me what it tastes like and how much it costs. <laughs> Actually, it goes hat, hat in hand with, first of all, the, the price of that bottle. Is it eighty five ninety nine? Yeah, 86 so we sell okay, it right here. But I mean, yeah. if you're putting that kind of money down, you're going to want to know what's in the bottle. Secondly, it's sipping mm -hmm. whiskey. Mm -hmm. And it, which means you have time to think about it and talk about it and, and and exchange notes. It does lead itself to a discussion. Definitely, and I think being here in the Bow Valley with people coming in as visitors to the tasting room in particular, they want to they want to know the story. They want to know how it's made. They want to know what's gone into it, and that's our opportunity to to share the passion and the details and the the backstory behind all our various products. And that's that's what the tasting room is all about. It's not just about tasting. It's about the experience of coming in and trying locally made products and hearing what all went into them. Now, I do come from the, from the world of wine, but um, uh, I've done my fair share of judging and tasting. Uh, okay. uh, let me give you some notes and see, see how far off I get because this is a, a different situation. Sure. I got uh, on the nose vanilla mm -hmm. and uh citrus uh like a like the like the the forgotten apricot on a tree the, everybody's it's harvested mm -hmm. and and one's been left and you mm -hmm. and you walk by you pick it off and it's a beautiful thing you just literally take mm -hmm. it off the tree and pop it in your mouth and it melts like that that's just on the nose in the in the mouth on the palate uh white chocolate bark that everybody buys at christmas time light oak uh, rounded barley, um, uh, caramelized dark honey, uh, cinnamon, toffee. Um, and I wrote down, uh, instead of barnyard, I wrote down uh, new barn, like a barn that's just been made. It's all fresh and clean. None of that annoying mm -hmm. uh, droppings. Uh, straw, hay, leather. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I think you got a lot of the top notes that I get to. One thing I find every time... It's interesting because we're new producers having a product in bottle and then a month after, two months after, six months after actually sitting in a bottle. I've found that the whiskey's almost changed a little bit and sure. it's kind of integrated and sure. mellowed. Even even within the, even though it's five years in a barrel, a month plus proofing and mellowing and 
and then packaging. It seems like it's kind of come together within the bottle now. Um, and the only other note I would add in there, which was something I got when I went back to it, was um, like a marzipan or an almost almondy, almondy nutty note, especially on the nose. Matthew Widmer, who's the uh, co-founder of Wildlife Distillery uh, in Camor. Are you guys doing a music night? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started doing open mic. with So production used to happen in the tasting room in the back. There was 900 square feet. That was the distillery. Yeah. And now since moving production across the street, um, we've been able to renovate the backspace to create a little distillery cocktail bar environment. So yeah, every other Wednesday on the evenings, we've been doing open mics. So musicians will come in from town and play for a few hours and yeah, just have social and get some local new talent to an opportunity to get up and play some tunes. What's the ace in the hole yeah. for uh, wildlife in terms of the process? We talked about the water, which is key, absolutely key. What else, because of your location, gives mm -hmm. you, I think, an advantage? Yeah, I think it's just the combination of every every part of the process being like the physical geography being where we are the combination of world-class grain world-class water and then for us it's probably just attention to detail and really meticulously controlling every element of what we do um, and being a little bit smaller you you have more of an ability to have your your nose and palate in every decision along the way um, okay but yeah it's it's i think it's just a, a harmony of of agriculture and ingredients and and place that really like for for example together for us that local family farm that grows grain for you a spring wheat for mm -hmm. the vodka and gin and whiskey exclusive mm -hmm. to the distillery like it's mm -hmm. your it's your uh, your footprint uh, mm -hmm. and you have a direct source for a special rye what is that rye mm -hmm. yeah we've been making rye for the last five years um, no, but it's I'm, a Gatino. I'm, I'm thinking of the the, the Gatino? Gatino is the strain, yeah. So it's a, it's a rye in general is quite a protein rich, gummy grain, which makes it a little difficult to process for distilleries. Um, but this particular strain of rye is a little bit lower in protein and just has real nice, bready, grassy, you know, like a lot of classic rye notes. That okay. you, you get a lot of flavor from that in this particular strain. Can we find your wildlife in Vancouver, in BC? Not in any retail, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we're currently only retailing in Alberta, but we do have an online store where we can ship. You can uh, ship, ship from the... Alberta to British Columbia. We can, yeah. How... And nobody arrests you. Nobody arrests us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we'll see what happens what with the politics. Concept? But... <laughs> That's a miracle, hey? Yeah. <laughs> How do we find you? What's the uh, what's the website? Yeah, wildlifedistillery.ca. So Canmore, Alberta, wildlifedistillery.ca is the website. We're WLD Spirits on most social channels. And yeah, the best place and way to experience is if you're in the Bow Valley to come come for a cocktail, come check out the tasting room. And we also offer distillery tours where you kind of get walked through the entire grain to bottle process. You'll see the grain, taste the products, see the stills, see the brewing process. And um, yeah, we walk you right through every step. What's happening in that uh, back room, the music room, so to speak, between five and seven on Saturday nights? Hopefully good conversation, good whiskey being shared and a tasty cocktail. Is there music on the box? Oh, it's, there's not live music every Saturday, um, but we have music playing. <laughs> nice, easy cocktailing music. 
All right. Well, all I'm saying is I want you to try it once, see what happens. Uh, I do a show called uh, Mulligan Stew on CKUA. You yeah, we can pick it out on. of the air or stream, and <laughs> and uh, and I'll play you some tunes. Okay. Saturday, I'm from five to seven. Five to seven. Okay, uh, I'll make a note. Uh, say hello to Keith Robinson for me. Yeah, definitely, I will. Next time, thanks we'll put the two of us. you together. Thank you. Yeah, Matt Widmer, co-founder, along with uh, Keith Robinson of Wildlife Distillery Batch 001. Go and find their website. We'll put it on our website as well. Congratulations, man. I, I, I appreciate and totally salute the work that went into that model and all the others, your commitment, your passion, your smarts, and um, and it's going to be a good run for you guys. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks You're for welcome. telling our story. Thanks, buddy. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. These are just some of the events ahead. And February the 22nd, it's the Aging Gracefully Vertical Series at Ex Nihilo or at Township 7. Indulge your senses while you leap into your cellars. Embrace the rare occurrence of the leap year as they uncork vintage library wines. Find all of the details at thewinefestivals.com.